Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to Badgedamia. We have a special episode for y'all today. It's Bill's birthday. Woo! Birthday. Young, fresh. Wearing my dog shirt. (laughs) Oh, it's a great dog shirt. Yeah. Youth we had a we had a debate if it is pugs or if they are um or if if they're uh, French bulldogs. I don't know why no, I am having a look, really My sister-in-law has a dog that looks just like that Dottie. Yeah, but, I've seen pictures um, of Dottie. I feel like she's a French bulldog. Not a French bulldog. No. Something else. Oh. I'll figure it out and I'll I'll report A pug? Back. Not a pug. I'm out of it. Something else. I'll, I can't think of it right now. Okay. It's riveting. But it's, yeah, so wow. it's, it's Bill's birthday. We are on track right now to really just laser focused already. Special episode. We'll <laughs> probably talk about dogs a few more times. Um, June 7th, The Bachelor at Airs with Katie. We're excited for it. And today we have a special review of Aziz Ansari's book, Modern Romance. So full fun episode for y'all. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a question for you, Bill, being your birthday and such. Okay. What kind of what kind of cake? Uh, so I am not a big sweets person. Um, uh, but so I I love a good uh like I like ice cream cake and I like peanut MMs. So if that could be worked in some way, so I actually, I go to the Froyo place and I've like considered just getting a large cup of peanut M&Ms, but then I'm always like, I could just buy a package of peanut. M&M. Those are really, Danielle knows. Cause every time I have them, she gets a text of my peanut M&Ms. Um, but yeah, yeah. I guess if I had to go standard cake, uh, marble, cause why not get both? Yeah. What yeah, about you? I'm a marble cake person. Okay. But I didn't. So you don't have like a ritual thing that you eat every year at your birthday? At the end of every semester uh, of college, and even now, I have a taco pizza. For our non Iowa listeners, apparently, a taco pizza is a very Iowa thing. Yes. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Elaine like grew up not knowing what it was because she was from St. Louis and she said she like everyone thought she was really weird. Her life has been changed by the glorious thing that is taco pizza, especially if it comes from Casey's general store. Yeah. Well, and how hard is it to like conceptualize putting a taco on top of a pizza? Like like you go places are like, what is this? This is the weirdest thing. It's like no one in your state has been like, you know what we do? We put the taco on top of the pizza. People put tacos in a bag and call right. it walking tacos. Taco pizza, not that weird. Yeah, we have taco sandwiches. Heck, people like fry eggs and put them on sandwiches. You can, yeah. You can, options are limitless when it comes to food. I agree. So, if you could like have a party like you did as a kid, what would your party favors be? Like, what would people take home? Yeah, you know, like the Ooh. crappy little gifts that. Yeah. You know, like you go to like a birthday party and they're like, here's like a plastic top that your like parents the, can now take home and yeah. throw away. Um, well, I want something that uh my friends would like because as a kid, you thought those were really useful things. 
Oh yeah. I might, I might send people home with little bottles of liquor, like the airport bottles. I feel like I have some friends that don't drink, but you know, I would send them home with cupcakes, I guess. I don't know. And get peanut M&Ms. I feel like party favors as an adult is just sending people home with leftovers. (laughs) You're like, Like, yeah, we're like, hey, welcome to my birthday party. Here's some Tylenol. (laughs) 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 That's awesome. I love it. What about you? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I was like, you know, so <laughs> I was like thinking about really like funny aging things, you know, like some good, like muscle cream or, <laughs> you know, like something really boring like that. Here's a coupon for like 10% off your next tree cutting services, you know, or something. <laughs> so, so we had to cut some trees down. People don't know this, but everyone here in the office has commented on how expensive tree cutting is. And as many of you know, Big Bill, my dad, and Danelle, my mom, are avid listeners. And so dad came and helped me cut the trees down, uh, much to the delight of our uh, neighbor kids who are in first grade and kindergarten. So they gave us lots of tips. Uh, they counted down as we tipped the tree over. It was, it was a Memorial Day extravaganza. Absolutely. Such good neighbors there. Yeah. 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 They, so my dad and I have the same name and the first grader's mind was blown by that. He just could not figure it out because he kept asking what to call my dad. And then he kept saying Bill and we'd both be like, what? And like, <laughs> huh? And it's like, I think he thought we were lying to him. Can you hear that in the background? Mm-mm. So my kiddos have puzzles that are like light activated and they Ooh. play songs, you know, it's so like you like, yeah put like a piano in the piano place and then it plays a piano, but these things are haunted and they just <laughs> randomly go off throughout the day. So like, it just keeps going off that is... in the background. And I don't think there's anyone else at my house right now. So it's like just me and the puzzles playing me music. Oh, wow. This, this episode took a turn. It did. Bachidamia, the conjuring. It's we're we're now like a mystery thriller. Um, yeah, podcast. it's gonna turn into a true crime if you go missing. Oh my goodness! That Listen was- to that Radiotopia. Get ready to pick it up. Bill tries <laughs> to solve what happened to Danielle. What happened to Danielle? It's because I this is actually just a figment of our imaginations. This entire I feel like you're a working mom, and so in the end, they'd be like, she just drove to southern missouri so she could have a week to herself absolutely <laughs> you went to branson yes, um, no one would think to look for her in branson Missouri. <laughs> nobody i will say if i ever disappeared and they suspected that i went on a vacation by myself like ryan would never guess that i was in branson That's that would a, not be like on his list of places the last people place off. people would look for me is pizza ranch so if you ever look to bury my body pizza ranch is the place to stick me (laughs) oh my goodness so we are excited about the bachelorette airing and have you ever been have you ever been more excited for a specific bachelorette i'm pretty excited yeah i feel like she is like she's fun i feel like she probably has because of her pet personality a penchant to bring some drama out from people it's it's gonna be good 
I think it is going to be good. I've heard that the producers weren't a huge fan of Katie's. Well, I think she does what she wants. And I feel (laughs) like that's, that is like not good for producers, right? Yeah. I think she probably pushes people because she doesn't, she holds them to a standard, right? Yep. And um, that's not always fun for some people (laughs) but i'm excited i think she's gonna be wonderful i've also saw that she nicknamed herself kissing katie i saw that yeah good for her kiss them all why not i mean i there was a big debate i read on twitter about you know the more people that you let yourself kiss that they think that you're more likely to feel torn between several people at the end really yeah, agree, disagree. Um, I don't know. I yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think kissing has that big of a that big of a, a thing. I mean, how many people have you kissed once and liked, and then like after you talk to them for twenty minutes, you're like, yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> that was like my whole year in Ireland, is kissing people and being like, oh, now I'm gonna have to wade through this. <laughs> this is not going well. <laughs> I, I was really, I was always shy. So like, I just, oh. kissing made me nervous, <laughs> nervous kisser, <laughs> but I, I'm excited for Katie. I think <laughs> that she'll kisser. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nervous kisser. <laughs> um, so I think that, I think Ooh. that Katie's going to be decisive though. Yes, I agree. I think she does not allow people to do things that she disagrees with um, or that she thinks is being unfair to people. So I'll be interested if the guys, like if there's like a villain or there's like a scapegoat, if she intervenes um, in a more meaningful way than usually the bachelor contestants and bachelorette contestants do. Um, So. Did you see the vibrator ad? No. So there's like, this advertisement she like has her hands behind her back and she has a shirt that says like i don't know good vibes only or something i don't know something like that Mm -hmm. that and then um they're like she carries she carries it with her everywhere it's you know always with her and then like she pulls out and it's a cell phone you know and it's a cell phone commercial and so there's some really interesting conversation on twitter about you know how are the producers, how's the show going to handle her confidence and security with her sexuality? That, you know, she's very okay being a sexual person. She's going to be kissing Katie, right? And Speaking of sexual um, person, you should have told me my shirt is like almost not workable. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Wow. I should have made fun of you, though. Sorry, um, mom and dad. I got getting very comfortable here already <laughs> in our third season. Bill's just over here showing cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I so I saw one person sort of say, you know, kind of the way that the show made such a big deal out of Colton's virginity that they mm-hmm. saw the show potentially really just making a big deal out of her willingness to embrace that she's sexual. Hmm. Um, 
and and I think that that's likely. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that's a bad thing? I mean, if it um, reduces her to just being like this girl that's into sex, it's bad. But if if they make her multifaceted, I don't know. I'm interested in your your thoughts. I think um, I think what you're saying is um, kind of spot on. Yeah, if they reduce her to that being kind of all about you know, like that's all about her. I think it could get like one just kind of old quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that it's potentially a really positive thing. Um, but, it, you know, I do think that there's this tendency to sort of like commodify these traits of people as like, this right. is like a thing to sell um, of them. And I get it. It's a show. Um, they make money. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it yeah. always feels a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I'm like, if that's what you're into and I feel like specifically women get told from an early age, like it's not okay to, you know, be a sexual being. And so if that gets put out there and it helps people feel more open, I'm all for it. But I agree with you. The issue is to be like, you can either, you can only be all about sex or be something else. I mean, you can be a whole lot of things. And so, yeah. So they did give us a preview of the guys. Yeah. Um, and there was a really kind of hilarious bit that Jimmy Kimmel did um, working through some of the different guys. Um, I guess just initial thought about who got cast. Think, thoughts? Yeah. Um, she's got an eclectic bunch. It wasn't like who there was somebody and it was like there was very much a type. Like it was very clear that they had a type, but I can't remember who it was now. Um, and I feel like she's kind of all over the board looks wise. And then like jobs, like you got a real estate agent, zipper salesman, math teacher, you got your former athletes, not a real job, former athletes, not a real job, uh, technical product specialist, entrepreneur, zipper salesman. Like, what is that? Is, I is, think it's a company that makes zippers and he does like the selling to like Levi. Right. So they like my understanding, yeah. like if you look on the back of a zipper, it's got that like X Z Y or whatever. And I think that's a company that makes zippers and then they sell them and then they sew them into stuff. If I think you he could be on the show and could like rewrite your job title so that it was more mysterious. <laughs> what would it be i don't know but if someone was like give me the most boring job you can think of i would say a zipper sales manager from san diego california i can't think of a single more boring job i think i would at least just have cut off i'd just be a sales manager right like why i mean maybe there's something important about Maybe it says something about his identity that maybe maybe it is so boring that it's interesting. Like normally they just say sales manager, but they were like an effing zipper sales manager. This is the most boring dude in the history of reality. Wrong. He helps hold things together. Ooh, just like a zipper. Dang, that's a good one, Danielle. Um, ah. I'm a little hurt. I didn't think that one up. Whoa. (laughs) I love a good. No, I don't. I hate it. Uh, um, 
Ooh, so I think skin salesman. Like actual skin, not surgical, like a surgical skin salesman. And he looks like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Jeff, 31, check him out. How much of his skin do you think is his own? Oh, he he looks like he's got a chin, like to make his like chin look all like he looks like Thanos. <laughs> look him up. Um, uh, bartender. So there's this weird thing that I feel like has been happening on the show where yeah. they start casting people that look like past people on the show. Like they're starting to get into archetypes. Like there's like a Dale twinsies. Oh, like is one it one of the guys looks, I don't remember who is now. it. Courtney, the nutrition Maybe. entrepreneur from Dallas. That sounds right. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, he looks just like Dale. And I felt like we'd seen that before where I was like, what is going on? Speaking of which Hannah B, you know, has the new boyfriend and he looks just like Tyler. And I mean, I, you can't I thought it was, her. I thought it was Tyler. It's not, that was, that's Tyler. not Tyler. I, no, she I has saw a new it. boyfriend that's like a Tyler twinsy. And you know, on one hand, I'm like, I get it. Like Tyler is a good looking guy. Like if you could find someone else that looks like him, I guess, why not? Right. But like really weird to me. Huh? Yeah. I dated a girl once in college and then we broke up. And then one of my friends told me she was dating a guy that looked exactly like me. It was like, that's creepy. Well, at least, you know, she wasn't feigning her attraction to you. That could be. Well, he was like, I thought it was you. I was like, did they get back together? And it was an acrimonious breakup. So I was like, no. (laughs) Well, there we go. Okay. Here's my thought. We're probably in life living in a, um, like a computer generated, like it's probably not real. We're probably like a computer generated model. And there's like 30 guys every episode, every season. And we're on season 19. Like the computer can only generate so many different people. And it's, it's just looping back over. Well, you saw my twinsie riding my, riding oh, bike. I and then, did. Didn't I see, where did I see your clone? Your dentist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I thought my dentist reminded me. I think we have hundreds of them because the computer is just like, screw it. I don't, People I'm not, I don't have time tell for this. Me that, like, they're like, you have a familiar face. Well, it's because you look okay, like that one I'll actress. That. What's the one, the actress that you said, everyone says you look like um, from Stranger Things. Yeah. J- 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 I can't. <laughs> My brain isn't working today. You're going like, to make me use the Google me. machine. If you all have not seen a picture of Danielle and you don't want to search Dr. Danielle Dick McGue, um, I don't photograph well, though. Is it it Winona Ryder? Yes, Winona Ryder. Look up Winona Ryder, and that's pretty much Danielle and her are virtually identical. She has a more appealing nose. I'm a pointier. (laughs) I'm I'm a pointier person. I've got, so my maiden name's Dick, so, but I've got a Dick chin. (laughs) I've got the Dick chin. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we've derailed. All right. You've got some questions and I like them. Initial uh first rows. Or who do you think will be the villain? I don't know. You know, there's a lot, there's a couple that I think have some like villain like looks to them. I you know? I have an opinion. Like I am I am set. Your villain. 
Greg, the marketing salesman, I think is the person. No, wait. I think Greg, I got to go to my notes. Okay. I'm looking through right now. I think Greg, marketing sales rep from Edison, New Jersey. He looks like he is going to be a villain. Oh, I can see that. I also think he gets the first rose. My theory is he is, he's good enough looking. Uh, he looks kind of like Aaron Rodgers. She seems like kind of a sports person. I think he is going to get the first rose and then people are not going to get along with him. There's like so many fascinating hair things happening. I feel like him and I kind of have a similar hair thing going. My hair, by the way, is, is really getting long and glorious. I bought some sea salt spray. I put it in there. Whatever, guys. It's summertime. Bring out the yep. sea salt. I well, feel like Brandon, auto parts uh, manager from Queen. Yeah. Yep. He said that he had helmet head from riding his motorcycle, I would guess, to wherever yeah. they were at. Whatever. There's just some fascinating. Then we've got Gabriel. He kind of looks like he could play an angel kind of devil character. Gabriel. So he was the one that I think is going to be, you said, who is going to be the Edder Bennett? He has, he has Bennett. He is a entrepreneur from Charlotte. He's wearing a turtleneck. Well, turtlenecks have a strong Bennett feel, don't they? Yeah. He's, he's definitely, I think he's going to talk a lot about his money. I, that, so the surgical skin salesman, oh yes, he does have that Gaston-like chin. He has got a huge square jaw, which this is not me ragging on him. I would trade for that in a second. Uh, but knowing he's a surgical skin salesman, it makes you wonder, is that an implant? Who knows? And it looks a bit implant, like his jaw is squarer than his top of his head, which is not normal. I mean, but I'd like to direct you directly below to John. John. John is my front runner. Um, John has a gleeful face. I like him. He, He's a bartender. He seems joyful. Yes. He he radiates joy in that yes. photograph. You asked who would you like to go on a vacation with? John would be mine. I think he is going to be one of the finalists and I would go on a vacation. I think a bartender is always a good person to go on vacation with. You know, that makes sense to me. I'm also fascinated, you know, so I'm, I still am really disturbed by the way in which nineties fashion is making a comeback. Like, so some of the necklaces, some of the guys are wearing, do you call it a necklace? If your guy is at a chain, like, what is it called? I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever worn one in my life. A necklace. I don't know. Um, well, you could keep your, your shirt unbuttoned and start wearing a chain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just like. Are you talking I about Landon? Like, are we, are we going Landon right now? The basketball mm-hmm. coach from Dallas, who's got strong Matthew McConaughey vibes. You can tell he is. Oh from, yeah, oh, so yeah, he's he from Texas. A little yeah. cross necklace. Yeah. Then Marty, the dancer from Reno. Like, there's so much '90s happening. Yeah. In that picture, from his hair to the chains to that what, few, that shirt. Yeah. I have a feeling Marty is going to be voted best body. Just looking at his picture and knowing he's a dancer. Like you can just tell he's going to be there for like two episodes and they're all going to comment on how ripped and hot he is. And he's going to be gone. So like, I don't I feel bad for, Oh, go ahead. I don't know why it is, but I feel like if you're choosing to wear a necklace with a cross on it, 
Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time imagining that you're going to gel with Katie. I don't know that she's like, she just doesn't seem like a don the cross necklace type of gal. Yeah. She hasn't been as upfront as say like Hannah was about her religion. Mm-hmm. I feel kind of bad for Michael, a business owner from Akron, Ohio, having to be above below Marty and above Mike because Michael looks pretty much like every guy I've ever known in my life. Like (laughs) he may be super nice. He just kind of looks like somebody's brother who I really like his cardigan. Yep. I I feel like I might've bought Ryan one. (laughs) He looks like somebody's brother who just broke up with their girlfriend. You're like, no, he's a good looking guy. He's nice. He owns a business. You want to go on a date with him? You're like, yes, I can do that. Oh my goodness. Anything else? What's that? Oh, who's on here for the Instagram followers? What'd you think? Who, I mean, I oftentimes think a lot of them. Uh Uh-huh. I haven't looked any of them up on Instagram. I feel like I need to take that dive, you know? I think think that's cheating, though, before we start the whole, like, this is just first impression, then you look them up. You know, I don't know. The fire. You look so perplexed. Like, you yeah. look so perplexed right now. Like you, you've got your like hard thinking Danielle face. I on. do. And I'm using it for some really important work right now. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I have two that I picked out. Who? Tell me. Would you like to know? Yes. Um, uh, let's see. Carl, which I love the name Carl with a K but he's a motivational speaker. Oh yeah. From Miami. Come on now. You don't go on this show as a motivational speaker unless you want. And then Courtney with a Q. Um, and he is a nutrition entrepreneur from Dallas. I guarantee he's got some type of diet supplement. He's going to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Both of those make sense to me. Yeah. Although like, I want to, I want to talk to Carl. I want to know, like, how does one become a motivational speaker? This is like a life goal of mine. I feel like you just like start saying yar. First off, you got to have the motivation to become the speaker, Danielle. Oh, I have, I have it. I, and then, I, like, want, I want the university to just start hiring me to be in videos. Like okay. it's just like Danielle, the video girl. Like you yeah. have been, you've been cleaning up on videos in the last year. Like you've become have, like, like the go-to. It's, it's like a real passion right here. Um, Would you like to hear Carl's bio? Yeah, sure. Okay. Carl is a charismatic and confident guy who is here to find his forever love. He loves to have a good time and more specifically, make it a good time for everyone around him. He has had a long-term relationships in the past, but says he has had a hard time fully committing because his professional goals have outweighed his personal ones. Oh, there you go, Danielle. You got to commit. Uh, now all that's changed and Carl's ready to make finding his wife, his priority. He's looking for someone with whom he has off the charts chemistry. She should be fun and spunky and also love the same qualities in him. Carl is the type of guy who will take you jet skiing on a date and then read you a poem he wrote himself. <laughs> so I like this. I like that he used the word spunky. I'm uh-huh. glad that he's going to read you a poem, Bill. <laughs> oh, God. Nothing is <laughs> and, off the table for Carl. And um, 
I also like his generous thinking that it's not just that he wants to have a good time, but he wants to make a good time for others. He's a giver. Uh, For Carl, life is an adventure that always needs a little extra spice. And if Katie is ready to turn up the heat, then they'll bound, they're bound to hit it off. Carl's favorite holiday is New Year's Day. That is a lie because of New Year's Day is the word. It's not even, is it a holiday? Is New Year's Day? He's a motivational speaker. This makes sense for me. He is helping people set their goals on New Year's. Fresh start. Carl loves to play chess. (laughs) Carl, oh, he speaks both English and French. I do appreciate that. There you go. We know a little bit about Carl. Go, Carl. Who are your predictions? Who do you think think writes these? Some intern that doesn't get paid very much money. That would be wonderful. I mean, not not getting paid much money, but like how fun would it be like, oh, I'm going to interview all these guys and then I'm going to write like classified ads for them. I feel like it would be fun for the first few times. And then the like nihilist shit starter in me would start like throwing weird stuff in there just to like see if I could get people to notice it. Oh yeah. I think that's great. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm holding out some of my reservation or my reservations. I'm holding out my predictions a little bit longer. Okay. I want to, I want to see their introductions on Monday night. So there's the last thing is a box And it says a blank, blank, blank is from a blank, blank, blank. And I have not, um, I have not uh, looked up spoilers, but I think it's Blake Moynes because of how he had to be naked all the time. And it's like the dick in the box joke. Yeah. Well, yes, I think that you're, you could be right. I think you've looked up spoilers, haven't you? No, I haven't looked oh, up any okay. spoilers. I just watched the promo and Blake is on it. Oh, he is? I don't know when he shows up. Oh. So that was a good guess of you. Bum, bum, bum. Um, I don't know. I think it's a robot. Maybe we're going to go transhumanism this uh, season. And she That'd has a relationship awesome. with artificial intelligence. I don't the com- know. <laughs> the computers have coded it into the, uh, into the, the program. Algorithms determine her best mate. Uh, any other gossip? You know, I'm excited to see how Tasha and um, what's the other woman's name? Crystal. Chris is it Crystal? Chris. It starts with K. Who's who's stepping in for Chris Harrison? Um. Was on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Chris, um, <laughs> I give up today. It's a good thing that we're making this very special um, episode for our fans. They're going to appreciate. What? Caitlin. Caitlin. Brit, Bis, Bistro? Bristow? Bristow. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. She's the one that she's got the, the bird tattoos on her triceps, right? I like her. Um, yeah. So she's engaged um, Jason to Jason. And he made this really funny thing on TikTok or Instagram or some social media where he's like, 
when you you are nice to the weird girl and then he like she's kind of weird and I appreciate that about her and I he's saw like that. And now you're engaged to her and I thought that was sweet but yeah I don't I haven't read a ton of I didn't want any spoilers for this season but What's... I was you know reading up a little bit on other people what is the guy's name that was on the last season? I don't know why I'm blanking on it. I can't think today too. Matt. Matt. He's back with what's her name? With Rachel. Matt and Rachel yeah. are back together. They seem happy enough. Yeah. Um, I do think that Tyler maybe has a new girlfriend too. Ooh. I couldn't find any official information on that. Um. Yeah. That's I don't know. Much, it's been pretty slow. Bachelor-wise. Well, I like have realized I I somehow got out of habit of watching TV. Like it wasn't, you know, you imagine that if someone doesn't watch TV that they're like, oh, you know, in our house, we decided that we're just not watching TV, you know, or something like that. No, like we just like accidentally quit watching TV. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, like all of a sudden I realized like I haven't watched anything. Every once in a while, Ryan and I have like a date, you know, um, and we'll like hang out and watch something. You guys are way good parents because that would be my go-to move. It'd be like, you guys want to watch Nickelodeon? Well, our kids do watch some TV. So actually like every morning when I make them breakfast, the kids do, but like, it's not stuff that like I'm watching. So they're watching some show called Stone Age right now. Mm. And Grizzly are the two that they're really into. Um, but, you know, they watch it for like maybe 30 minutes in the morning, maybe a little bit in the evening while like after they get out of their baths or something. But like, so I'm not watching that. But Good then job. I like. Good job lying on that, Danielle. As <laughs> you're like sitting down with a bowl of cereal with them. <laughs> watching Grizzly. All patrol. Like, I, I, um, yeah, I just don't. So then because like, we're just out for, especially now that it's nice, we're out for bike rides, things like that. Mm. And then I was just finding social media challenging. So I just have kind of tried to stay away from it. And I realized like, I have no idea what's happening in the world now. (laughs) And it's kind of nice. You're like, whatever, Danielle, here's all. No, I'm, I'm processing. I, I'm. I kind of admire you. I am the other way. I turn on the TV. I like social media. I listen to lots of podcasts. There you go. So I listen to a lot of the podcasts, but that's about that. So like, I feel like I'm teaching popular culture in the fall and I'm like, oh, Danielle, you've got, got to tune back in. You and know what this is? Anything. This is when they tell you not to make something you enjoy your job and you've made pop culture your job. And now it's like a, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I think we just, I don't know. Like I, I go to lots of parks. We go on lots of bike rides. Um, I don't know what I do with my time, but well, yeah. You've got two kids that probably takes up a good amount of it. Well, they're lots of fun right now. So yeah, they're, they're like, and we're able to go places again now, you know? And so I think that we're just spending time going, 
going places that we haven't been able to. So I don't know. I might be out of it. Okay. So Bill recommended. Get ready to get, get ready to fall off the wagon. Come next Monday. You bet. You bet. Draws you back back in. TV time. So I do read lots of books and Bill recommended that I read modern romance by Aziz Ansari. And all right. So I'll give you my quick hot take. What did you do to my copy? You tore the bottom of it. No, I'm joking. That was me. I can't, I can't have nice things. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think I did much. No, that was, that was totally me. So, um, this book was way more informative than I expected, right? Like it was very funny. He, you know, he's very funny, but I was like, oh, I get why Bill assigns this to his class. Cause there's like a lot of research and stuff in this, but I was like a little disappointed. I wanted it to be dumber. You know, I was like, Bill, come on. <laughs> like I'm on summer. It's summertime. Why are you having me learn things? Damn it. Um, but you know, I also thought that as someone who never really dated with a lot of modern technologies. So like I had a cell phone, but like you weren't really texting the way that people text now. Um, I didn't, you know, have Facebook dating sites, you know, weren't as big of a thing um, when I was dating because I got married pretty young. And so I was sort of impressed though, that like, I still understood or like, I was like, oh yeah, I get this about texting, even though I've never like really texted a lot in a relationship. And so I was like, oh, where did I learn all of this? You know? And I was like, probably from watching Gossip Girl, maybe Pretty (laughs) Little Liars. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I do think that while this is a book about dating, I also think that it's a really wonderful book just about how we communicate with people in the digital age in general. Um, Because like I said, like I've never really dated where like you do everything through text messages, but like I still understand the sort of awkwardness of texting and when do you text, when do you not text? Do you, you know, do you read too much into it taking someone too long to reply, you know, like things like that. We never Uh, have to worry about that with each other though. Cause it's like a string of like 60 texts between each other, usually in GIF form. (laughs) I think I could communicate solely using GIFs. Usually Danielle, one of us sends the other one a text and then it's like just a string of like six or seven GIFs (laughs) and then nothing radio silence for about seven hours and then something else. Well, I think that, you know, like that's the thing too. Like, I'll, you know, like I'll be like, oh, I like was in the middle of like texting Bill about something. And then like, I went on a bike ride with my kids and I like came back and was like, oh yeah, I should talk to Bill again. <laughs> you know? So, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, I do think that there's a lot of things that even if you aren't in the, you know, like if you aren't dating, if you know, like whatever that you might find interesting or useful about the book. So um, the book kind of moves into, there's kind of three sections. The biggest section is really just about dating. Um, I think the chapters are called things like searching for your soulmate, the initial ask, online dating, choices and options, international investigations of love, right? Um, 
But then he has like a section sort of on breaking up and then eventually like on settling down. Um, I thought that probably the role of technology and how it's influenced dating was one of the most interesting parts of the book. Um, so what did you, I guess, like, what are your, what do you dig about that? Or what do your students like notice? Yeah. So maybe what I should like, so I teach a class called human identity and relationships, and it's kind of like the psychology of dating, how people date, how they break up, how they fall in love. And this is one of the books that I've assigned as like a secondary, you have to do a book report, or a lot of times I have them compare it to the textbook we have and how close are they? Um, and you know, technology is one of the things in the textbook that is not as addressed in, but it's addressed in this. And so I think like you're saying, you know, I mean, really dating and relationships are really just communication, right? I mean, what sets them apart is that it's just more intimate communication and more prolonged communication. Um, but I think technology has changed that the way, uh, we do that, which I think is interesting. Um, well, and your students probably, our students don't know how to date in a different way, right? No, so they have only yeah. ever dated with technology. Yeah, definitely in like the last probably four years, I've noticed that students like they're trying to conceive what it would be like to meet someone and not be able to track them down on social media um, and when I was dating, you know, there was a lot around like the social, like you social media stock somebody, but it was like 50% of people had a social media account, 50% didn't. And now it's like, especially with our college age students, everyone ha is on some form of social media. It's just, which one are you on? Um, and so that's a really big change. Um, being able to know something about a person that they've put out there as opposed to before where it was like, you may be able to meet a friend of theirs. And they could tell you something about them, but then it's like, it's filtered through that person. So how true is it? And, and so you get into this weird kind of game of telephone, which students don't know what that is either. <laughs> oh, the other day, someone, a student, I said something about talking on the phone and the student was like, why are you doing that? It's like this <laughs> or like this. And I was like, no, it's like this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I thought that's interesting. I think his thing about the international relationships is interesting about the different, uh, like he talks about in Japan where they have, I'm pretty sure it was in Japan where uh, a lot of the women talked about the men are, what do they call them? Vegetarians. Is that mm -hmm. the one I'm thinking about? And so, yeah. how they won't, like they just have no interest in committing because they're too worried about their career. Um, yeah. And then uh, was it in Argentina? It was in one of the South American countries where masculinity and like kind of bravado is so much more intertwined in the culture that, um, you know, that they just, the dating scene is so much different. Like it's expected to be told no two or three times. You're not really into someone if you don't just keep like going after them. So I, I thought that part was pretty, pretty interesting. And the U S being so multicultural, you can see how that kind of comes together in a weird way. You've got all these different cultures and, you know, what do you get passed down from your family to you about how dating should go? Cause that's where you learn kind of your first information on relationships and dating. And then how does that get integrated with what you learn from your friends? You know, are you from a really homogenous community? Are you from a very um, diverse community? So how does that blend in there? Yeah, no, I thought that was really interesting. I kept thinking about 
choice. I thought that that was a really interesting section for me um, to think about for so long people, you know, really ended up marrying someone who was within close proximity of them. So they lived nearby three to six miles or something crazy like that. Yeah. And that like now we're sort of saturated with choice. And, and I think that this applies to like dating, but like other things, you know, um, so we, we moved into our house about a year and a half ago and we still have this room that like, we just don't know what to do with. And it's the very first room you see when you walk in the house. And so we finally decided we wanted to make it into a library and we're like looking for bookshelves Mm -hmm. to put in. And I was like, oh, I'll like go to, you know, the bookstore or to the furniture store and walk around. And then of course, like we look on the internet and I was talking to my husband and I was like, you know, my parents, like we have like all these things, you know, house things going on. We need to replace our furnace and air conditioner. Like we needed new appliances, like all this stuff. My parents would have just gone like, Oh, I'm going to call the the furnace guy in town. And like, that's just is who is going to do it. Right. And when they like need new furniture, they go to the furniture store and pick out the couch that they want. Now, right. like we're like comparing it to like every couch I can find on the internet. And I want to yeah. make the best deal. What's the best price. And I feel like that's how dating is too. And, <laughs> you know, like that people probably feel like you have this choice and where is that sort of helpful and where is that just debilitating in certain ways? Um, or like that we're just so, I'm so tired of making decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, uh, so in dating world, it's called option paralysis. And he talks about that, but it's this yeah. idea that there's always somebody you might have somebody hotter, you might have somebody, which is also kind of interesting because a lot of where you find that research is on apps like Tinder, where it's largely based on proximity and physical attractiveness. And when you ask people, and I can't remember where I saw the study, but who is the most attractive person that you've had some type of intimate contact with? They rarely say their partner. However, when you say, who would you most likely to have, who would you, if, if you, are you happy only having intimate contact with your partner for the rest of your life? They say yes. And so what we find is that attractiveness after you get into a relationship with somebody is not that important. You want them to be of a level of attractiveness, but then it's not like you care that much. But when people are looking for someone to date it's really important and they will like forgo a potentially good relationship for someone that's way more attractive. Um, and that's kind of where that option paralysis comes in, especially with men. Um, so. Well, the way that I overcome this with shopping for goods. Yes. I love that I'm like comparing this. No, I like this. Like an I, awful thing to compare people. To I don't think so at all. You are not a commodity listeners. If you are sort of. But you sort of are, you sort of are. (laughs) So, so like I, and I think I probably did this a little bit with relationships too. I think I had a set of criteria of like things that I wanted in a person or a relationship. And I think for me, I was like, well, I found those things. So let's do this thing. Right. Like, you know, like it's horribly unromantic to think of it that way, but I, 
you know, it's the same thing like, oh, well, I need a couch under this price. I want it to be squishy and comfortable. I need it to deal with spills well because I got grimy little kids. Like, you know, once I find that, I'm good to go. I I think it's a I think I think that's how people should approach dates one through five. And it's like as long as they check the boxes off, you gotta go on the next couple of dates with them. And then at five, you make your decision point. And if you're like, it's just not feeling right, then you go back out, you find someone who is squishy and can handle grimy kids and then you date them. And then after date four to five, you say decision point now, and then you just keep making decision points. And at some point you're like, well, I don't even need to make this decision point. Like this is the person I want to be with, which is why, which is why I, yeah. And we've talked about this with the bachelor and the bachelorette. The problem is, is that like they force these decision points at like non-thoughtful times, you know, mm-hmm. and it's truncated. It's shrunk down. Uh, what about monogamy? Well, so I thought that the his conversation on monogamy was interesting, you know, basically mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that haven't read this book, kind of talking about how, you know, I, I think a scholar, I can't remember their name, um, talking about how monogamy is kind of this made up thing <laughs> that isn't really like natural for us as humans. And that m- a lot of people are monogamish, I think is the word that they use. So this is my general feeling about monogamy. One, I'm generally pro. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm happy to have just one husband. Um, and when it comes to sex, one person is enough to keep up with, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, like, I don't need the complication of like having to shave my legs any more than I do, right? Like, I think that that sounds great. I think that my problem with monogamy is that we have created at least in U.S. culture, significant others that are supposed to do, like meet so many of our needs that I think it's kind of ridiculous. Um, So my partner and I, I don't know, it was probably like six months ago, we were talking about something and I was like, Ryan, just, you know, you might just find a friend to talk about this with, you know and I think he was you know at first he's like and it's not that I don't want to hear about it I, I really was willing to listen but I was but just, it's a little bit like you don't want to hear about it <laughs> well no I really think that I was I, just like I, think I was joking you could use somebody else's support around this and I do think like so often we think that like that we're supposed to like have all of all of our needs met from our partner and I think that that is a ridiculous amount of pressure to put on a person um yeah and like friendships at least as adults I feel like friendships are really supposed to be secondary you know so secondary to your romantic relationship and um but like I think that we probably need that I think that we need to have a variety of people in our lives offering us different sorts of supports. And I think that that's way more healthy than like needing to have like all of our emotional and physical and financial needs sort of like met by one person. 
Yeah. So specifically for men, there's a lot of research that when their spouse passes away, if they're married, that they have a really hard time. So men tend to be much more, um, my spouse needs to meet all of those emotional needs. Um, so we talk about like men have very side-by-side relationships. Women tend to be much better at face-to-face, um, which I think is really interesting. Uh, and exactly what you're saying, you know, um, monogamy probably puts you in that. And maybe, maybe it's just standard Christian marriage relationship type things that put you in that. But yeah, I totally agree. So that's when class students pick up on that and they have very interesting um, thoughts and very young thoughts on it. Thoughts that I probably had when I was 20 years old. So are we close to being done? Do we need to be done? Is it, do you have a two o'clock meeting? I do have a two o'clock meeting, but um, okay. Yeah. We've got three minutes. No, I, that's all I had to say. No, that's, um, I thought that it was an interesting conversation around monogamy and, um, I would love to sit and listen to your students talk about it. Um, and then I, I mean, I, there wasn't much in the book about this, but I do think that technology also changes how how you communicate with each other. Like when you're in a relationship, it, it kind of talked about how like it acts as a form of like surveillance, right? Like mm-hmm. that maybe you like snoop in on your partner. We are not like that at all. Um, but I'm also not very private. So like if Ryan would just pick up my phone and like look through it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. But like, um, I think I may be weird like that. Um, but uh, yeah. So what do you think the future of technology and love is? bill in one sentence i don't know yeah i think it uh i mean i think technology is not going anywhere and so we're probably on the verge of some new type of technology you know like the last big thing was cell phones uh thing before that was the internet so i guess it's kind of like if you knew what that next big thing was going to be you'd be a very very rich person but it's going to affect the way we date i mean every and fall in love. Every big technology thing has done that up to this point. So I think that technology has been really integral in sort of naming and labeling and letting people explore different sort of emerging sexualities as well. Mm-hmm. So like you hear um, a whole different list of sort of ways that people might identify in terms of understanding and labeling their sexuality. And I think that um, different sort of spaces on the internet and communities that form have like allowed for that. It um, makes people so, less isolated. Yeah, I agree. So I'm interested to see how that does that. So maybe, maybe Katie season of the bachelorette will give us a glimpse into the future of romance. Whoa. Um, way to tie it in <laughs> D3 oh so, with know, a bow on it. So our listeners, though, if you get a chance, wish Bill a happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all we got for today. That's all we got for today. It was grand. All right. Everyone have a good weekend. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGew and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. 
If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at batchadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at batchadamia. Thanks for listening.